Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm David Golay, the bike editor at Blister, and you can check out all the stuff that we've been riding and reviewing recently over at blisterreview.com. Vinnie Armstrong is already one of the brightest stars in women's free ride, but at just 22, she's also got a whole lot more left to accomplish. I sat down with Vinnie to talk about just how quickly the bar is being raised in the sport right now, formation, the rapidly growing number of women's free ride events, and what the next steps are to continue growing the sport, her plans and goals for the next few years, and a whole lot more. So with that, let's get right to my conversation with Vinnie Armstrong. Well, Vinny, thanks for coming on. Great to be here with you. And how are you today and where are you today? Thanks for having me. Um, I am great. I am in Queenstown, New Zealand. For people who might not be sort of familiar with your backstory a little bit, how about you just tell us a little bit about how you got into bikes in the first place and what your introduction to mountain biking was like? Where did the journey start for you? Uh, my mum actually took us out to the local bike park when we were like really little. I think I was like four um yeah and just kind of like as a weekend activity and she needed to get outside and like yeah it was kind of fun and then we just kept doing it like every weekend and made it our hobby and then like as I got older started to like progress more and like really enjoy it and then kind of just got into competitions and stuff from there pretty standard track I suppose so I take it you've got some some siblings that you were into riding with in those early days at least as well yeah um just it's just me and my older brother yep He's still much of a mountain biker too, or is you kind of the one who it uh, really stuck with? Uh, no, we're, uh, we're both doing it. He actually lives in Queenstown and we both go out riding together. Yeah. Super fun. So I think for a lot of people, the way you first came onto kind of the collective radar was uh, a couple of wins at Crankworks whip-offs. I think Leger in 2018 was your first one, and then you had a couple more following that, including unseating Casey Brown at Whistler in 2019, which is, was pretty cool. How did you sort of get started into those competitions specifically? And tell us a little bit about sort of just those, yeah, those early whip-off comps. Well, obviously, Crankworks Rotorua was like three hours away from home at the time when I lived in Auckland. So I always like wanted to go to it and then I heard that there was like a whip-off event as part of it and so I was like, oh yeah, I want to like have a go at that. That sounds awesome. Like just having a jam session on a big jump, that definitely sounds like me. And so I like trained for a year just to like, I don't know, go to Crankworks and then yeah, went and did the event for the first time and had like the best time. So I wanted to continue doing it. So saved up all my money, went overseas and yeah, made a trip out of it. That's cool. And so when you were doing that early training in prep for Rotorua, were you really focusing in on the whip-off as being like, that's the event, that's the one for me? Or were you competing in a bunch of other of the various events at Crankworks and just kind of the whip-off happened to be the one that you really sort of struck gold on? Um, I was training for like the downhill. I, w- I wanted to, I actually wanted to do the speed and style that year, but I don't think they had a women's category the year that I started it. But I, yeah, I was training for the downhill as well, but I actually broke my wrist like five weeks before Crankworks. So I didn't think it was like healed enough to handle like a gnarly downhill track, but I thought it was like healed enough and strong enough to do like a 11 meter jump. So, (laughs) and I like, I really wanted to do the whip off. So I was like, you know what? I'll not do the other events, but I'll still do the whip off. (laughs) And like taped up my wrist with like a bunch of K tape and put a wrist brace on, hoped that that was holding it together. 
Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of being like, well, I can't race downhill on this, but yeah, massive, one massive jump. That'll be all right. That that works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The logic in my head, like, no, I can't do a downhill race, but I can do this massive jump where I'm going sideways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose it worked out all yeah, right. Yeah, I guess my priorities have always been jumping. <laughs> Fair enough. So that kind of segues a little bit into the next thing I wanted to ask, actually. Uh, when we had Casey Brown on the podcast earlier this year, one of the things that she spoke really well about, I thought, was she felt like, you know, when she was coming up, there really just wasn't a path to make a name for yourself and get your foot in the door as a female free rider. And she basically thought she needed to, well, first get herself recognized through racing. And then once she was a known entity through racing specifically, she was able to then kind of transition out of that to some extent and become more of a just dedicated free rider. Obviously, she still does some racing here and there and whatnot, too. It's not like she's abandoned that entirely. And you're kind of in a similar boat there. But as sort of part of the next up and coming generation after Casey, I'm curious if you feel like that is changing yet or kind of if your experience has been somewhat similar to hers in that regard. Talk us through how that's been a little bit. Yeah, my experience feels a little bit similar until pretty much formation, the first formation. It was like since then, I reckon all the new generations have this like new platform to grow on and you're not like, you don't feel like you're forced into having to do racing to make a name. Like you can make a name with free ride. Now there's so many like women's free ride events, like having a woman's category in Audi nines, um, Casey Brown's dark horse event, Hannah's hang time event, like so many of those events, there's like a huge platform now to like, just focus on free ride. If that's the goal that you want to aim towards. Yeah. I mean, like you just said, there has really, just in the last really couple years been a huge explosion of women's free ride events, you know, listed a whole bunch of the the big ones. And, and so I guess that's interesting, but makes some sense that you're sort of saying that the proliferation of those is what has made given, given women a platform to just show up and be free riders without having to sort of work their way in from some other angle. Yeah. There's just like a huge recognition for it now like you can just show up at one of those like events and like be recognized as a female freeride athlete it's really cool actually to see yeah it's super awesome that it's finally changing in that regard and the bunch of the those recent events have been been really impressive and really cool and well sort of speaking of formation you've been at both iterations of it now both 2019 and 21 there was obviously a hiatus last year for covid but uh i'd be curious to hear some about sort of how the two events differed kind of what evolved between the first and second years and well start from the beginning though what was the experience showing up for the first iteration of it like talk us through 2019 yeah the first one was like pretty nerve-wracking because i was like chosen last minute to go so that was like oh i've got to like get in this mindset to go to this place i've never been before and then, yeah, like, it was, like, real nerve-wracking. Like, it was so exciting because I'd never been there and, like, really wanted to go. Um, but, yeah, like, you show up and everything's, like, super exposed. Like, I've never ridden anything like that. It's, like, really intimidating. So it was, like, I guess it was, like, pretty scary the first time going. And then coming in the second time, I already had experienced that. So I knew, 
like what to expect and I like could mentally prepare myself better so I could like I don't know hit something bigger or yeah like ride more comfortably yeah it seems like the 2019 iteration to I me mean, obviously your last minute invite contributed to this but it seemed like in a lot of ways that event came together pretty quickly I don't want to say last minute but like it, it wasn't really on the radar and then all of a sudden it was happening in just the span of a couple of months and came together very very fast when it finally did click and we talked to hannah bergman about this a bit uh, a few months ago too and one of the things that she talked about that made a lot of sense was basically just saying that you know she's from western washington bellingham and uh showing up in utah and having this just wildly different terrain and different dirt that you have to figure out how to dig in and build trail and build a line and something that's just a super different environment than you're used to being in was really quite a an adjustment take it that was kind of a similar story for you yeah definitely like i'm used to riding in like hard packed dirt in the forest and then like going out to somewhere with no trees and just like giant cliff faces is pretty intimidating as far as building a line there goes obviously you were at one of the prior rampage venues how much of the old rampage features and lines were kind of still there and in or how to what extent did you have to just fully build something from scratch out of that cliffside um there is like quite a lot of features still there they're obviously like they're pretty old venues so they're pretty like run down from a lot of like rain damage and like years of just nature hitting it so um like some of the features we were able to use and just like revamp the landings and like the lip they didn't require like huge amounts of work um and then some of it we like scratched in our own line just because the line had disappeared or we felt like doing our own thing apart from the familiarity that you'd gained with the the venue and the just environment in what ways did the 2021 iteration feel similar or different like how how did the event evolve what was kind of more of the same talk us through some of that a little bit well obviously like after the first year i think the organizers kind of like listened to our feedback and like got a sense of how like maybe should be run or something um but the second year felt a bit more like I don't know, like how the event should be. Like everything's like really chill. Like you just go out, go build your line, um, come back to the house, have dinner, like chill out and then repeat the next day. And then like, obviously you have your like three riding days. It's all like, like a rough schedule that you're like following. So it's like nothing too intense, like a boot camp or yeah. Expand on that a little bit. What kind of stuff specifically did they change with the format to make it kind of work better the second time around? Um, I think the first one, we did a lot of like um, like talking sessions after like digging. Like we'd all sit in a circle and like talk about the day and stuff, which isn't bad. That's cool. Um, but it felt a little bit more like a, like a boot camp, I guess, or like a school camp because you're like sitting around like talking and stuff. This is the 2019? Yeah, yeah, 2019 one year and like – all sitting around like a scheduled, I don't know, talking session, which is all good. But for me, it's like, I just wanted to go out and like ride my bike and like build a trail and then like have a yarn when I want to. One of the things that has been interesting about formation and seems pretty cool is that there's 
been a very real emphasis, at least so far, on it being non-competitive and just about sort of progressing women's free ride, which given what you've what we talked about already a little bit about just there not having been too many opportunities in that space and just serving as a way to get get riders like yourself in front of a bigger audience and help grow the sport makes a lot of sense. But I would be interested to hear your take on whether you think it's sort of how long you would want to see it continue like that or does it it would it make sense to start pivoting it into actually being competition at some point or where do you see things going from here, I guess, is really what I'm asking. I mean, like, I really hope that, like, a competition does come out of it. Um, I'm not sure what that will look like or when that will be, but it would be really awesome to see, like, some sort of, like, rampage, I guess, style competition out there for us. Um, I do really enjoy the non-competition side of it, though, because we can all work together and, like, I don't know, be more friendly with each other and like help each other out with their lines and like it's a bit more collaborative. So it does take that added pressure away from like riding that venue because it already is so like intimidating, like trying to get used to the terrain and like ride something so exposed. So adding like a competition to it might scare people away, but it also might bring more people. So yeah. I don't know. I hope it does turn into some sort of a competition, but I also do like the non-competition side. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'd certainly like to think there's room for both of those to coexist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking, like having like two of those events, maybe like a competition one and then the non-competition one. Just thinking about Rampage 2, one of the things that has struck me before watching it is that it is a competition, obviously, but it feels like on some level, there's just this real sense of camaraderie, like kind of like what you just described at formation, where just the event is so gnarly and the ter- it's such a intimidating, scary place to ride that all the, the guys out there competing in that are just still pulling for each other and kind of there's this communal just sense of we got to buckle down and survive this place and which i think is you know it's it's cool it's a and so it would be interesting to see sort of to what extent the camaraderie and kind of communal aspect of formation does or doesn't change if there was the women's rampage or whatever you want to call the more competitive iteration of it how how do you think that would end up shaking out yeah i'm not too sure like i'm sure like everyone's still going to be like super friendly and collaborative and like supporting each other um maybe on just like a slightly less i don't know scale because they're focusing on their own line but um no i think it'll be something similar to that like what the boys have it's not like you guys are going to all turn on each other you know when a when it turns into a more competitive event but uh do you think there is a prospect for you know their I don't know, women's category at Rampage or just a separate event that's a bit more akin to that in the near term? Or how far out would you imagine that is if you had to just look into your crystal ball and make a guess at what the future holds there? I'd say even like something in the next two years, like either next year or the year after, I would hope that you could have something like that. 
like fairly soon, I reckon, like the rate that women's free ride is going is insanely fast. Like there's so many events and like the progression is so fast at the moment. Yeah, it, it's been going really quickly and it's been super awesome to see just how fast the bar is being raised continually there. And I mean, beyond just Rampage or an equivalent of it, what else do you see as being kind of the next steps for women's free ride where what do you want to see happen from here what what comes next i guess um like more i guess just more <laughs> like more free ride events more women in the big free ride events that are already there um like dark fest it would be cool like i know those are like pretty insanely big jumps and like you know the risk factor is really high but like it would be cool at some point to see women there um and like other events like that. Also, I'd love to see more women like free ride representation and like film edits. Like whether it's a woman's only free ride edit or even like a movie or something, or even just more women free riders in those kinds of things. That'd be like really cool to see. Yeah, it feels like that is starting to improve a bit, but there's certainly a long way to go still. And it really does feel like just in the last couple of years, the progression has ramped up really dramatically and taken off, which has been awesome. And here's to hoping that continues. And I guess I'd be curious to hear, I mean, not so much about women's free ride, broadly speaking, but your personal goals specifically for the next year or two, whatever kind of time frame you are thinking about that stuff on. Do you have specific events you want to get to that you haven't been to yet or tricks that you want to learn or how are you kind of looking at your own progression and what you want to do from here? I mean, yeah, like I'm always trying to progress as a rider, but like um, for next year, I really want to do more events. Like, um, like I actually got an invite to Audi nines this year, but I couldn't go because it's so hard getting back into New Zealand. I'd already booked my like isolation date and I couldn't change it because it's like fully booked out so I had to come back on the original date that I booked but yeah I'd love to go to Audi 9s next year like Casey Brown's Dark Horse event uh Proving Grounds another one I got an invite to and couldn't go um and yeah any of those like big freeride events I'd love to do and I saw like Hannah was at the Loose Fest event I'd love to like go and check that out and like have a look at those jumps that'd be sick yeah a lot of cool stuff going on and just for for those us non-kiwis who might not totally be familiar what was the isolation date bit that you were talking about that was the limiting factor on getting back into the country afterwards oh yeah um i had my isolation date booked for july 19th i think it was yeah and I booked that before I left New Zealand. And then when I found out I got an invite to these other events, I went to go and have a look to change it. And it was all the, all the spaces were fully booked out until like end of November. So the, okay. So they're actually requiring quarantine, like in a specific facility for it, essentially. Okay. Got it. Yeah. You can't go and stay at mum's house or anything. Like you have to, you have to go into like a government, um facility like just the hotel or something got it okay yeah that that's tough then and so 
there just aren't spaces available at all to get in on one of those at this point, basically. No, there's like, um, apparently the queue is like 18,000 people at the moment are like in queue waiting for a spot for like to get back into New Zealand. Like it is insane how many people are trying to get back to New Zealand. Wow. So for people who are currently out of the country and just can't come back because they can't get a spot into a into a quarantine. Yeah. Damn. That's that's tough. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's not um, government funded either. You have to pay for the whole isolation experience as well. So I, I'm assuming you're uh, not planning on leaving the country for a little bit then. Going to stay put and ride this one out. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Got to save up, got to work more and save up more money. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, listed off a bunch of events that it would be real awesome to see you at. Any thoughts on what your prospects are like for the, the next bit here? I guess it's just sort of sit tight and hope that that's, the travel situation improves and kind of wait and see. Well, yeah, um, it is coming into summer at the moment. So Crankworks is coming up in a month, I think. Crankworks Rotorua. So I'll go up and do that. And then it's the summer series down actually in Queenstown. So that'll be fun or South Island region. Um, and then there, it'll just be like the summer, all the New Zealand summer events, like there's Megaza Fest. Hopefully that happens, happens every year. So one of my favorite events um, in the end of January. So I'll probably do that. And then, yeah, just enjoy New Zealand summer and work on my progression, try to learn some new stuff. Um, and then plan for a really big trip next year. <laughs> On that progression front, we kind of didn't got sidetracked off of this a little bit. Anything specific that you're working on or just sort of generally trying to ride more? And uh, I'm trying to like just ride more at the moment. Um, yeah, just getting more bike time, getting more comfortable on the bikes, like all the different bikes. Um, riding, yeah, just trying to improve my riding style a bit more. Yeah, there's definitely some tricks I want to learn and get down but we'll see how it goes <laughs> just gonna play that one cool or are you gonna tip us off to anything you got in the works oh i don't want to like commit myself to anything and say i'm gonna do something and not do it <laughs> fair enough fair enough all right i won't push any harder than that's all right <laughs> i'll keep it a secret until i can nail the tricks and then show everyone <laughs> well been good catching up and hearing what you're up to before I let you get going here, do you have a big idea to share with us? Anything you're just wanting to float out into the world? The podcast is called Bikes and Big Ideas, after all. Big ideas. I mean, speaking of, like, women, like, seeing more, like, free ride, women's free ride stuff in, like, filming edits, that is something I would love to, like, be a part of or, I don't know, potentially start um, is, like, just being like making a movie or like a cool edit edit series where you just travel the world like filming all the women's freeride events and like the progression i think that'd be something really cool a real women's focused freeride movie series yeah or like a, just a like film edit like a 40 minute one or something um just like showing the progression of women's freeride and how much like everyone's progressing and like just what it's like to be in that scene. That'd be great. Love to see that happen. So anyone out there listening, let's make it happen. <laughs> 
All right, Vinny, been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on and talking, and I'll let you get to it. No worries. Thanks for having me. That's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. And if you enjoyed this conversation, then please rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. I want to say thanks to Vinny for the conversation, thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. And from all of us at Blister, please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we will talk to you again real soon.